Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down and take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Well, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Take. Pastor, we're back. We're back, and we're cold. <laughs> it, it is it's, a very chilly day. It's pretty cold out there. Um, did you like the snow? Yes, was I did. It fun? It was fun. We um, I think what we did we we saw a little bit the night before, but we were like, I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't melt in the morning because we're gonna get up and let them, you know. So we got up, and that was, I mean, they wanted to immediately get ready, and uh, we went in our backyard did a little for a little bit, and then uh, we ended up going to Forsyth Park. They have like a that kind of hill levee little thing on the Forsyth, and so we took them over there to go sledding, and uh, they liked it. And for about they liked it until they didn't. <laughs> they liked it until about maybe 10 or 15 minutes in, maybe a little longer. But Piper got real cold. She was like, Dad, I'm really, really cold. Can we go inside now? Or can, we, can I go get in the car now? And so after that, she I guess her little uh, her gloves got wet or something, and her hands were cold, and she was like, I don't want to go outside anymore. It's cold. <laughs> I said, I got you. So, At least she's learning early. Yeah, so she was like, hey, I just want to stay inside. And drink hot chocolate. I said, "Okay, that's fine." Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Um, it was a lot of fun, man. We we met the uh, Stricklands out at the levee as well, and um, I learned uh, I don't know how to walk up a hill that's covered in snow. You slip. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> it was uh it was fun. It was. It's probably the most. It's that I can remember. I mean, it, it was a lot of snow. Yeah, I mean, in it, the state of Louisiana, it's the most snow I've ever seen. It is a lot of snow. So I was very – I was like, man, I actually went for – I think it was yesterday afternoon I went for a run outside. It was cold. Oh, after about a mile, I warmed up. But, like, I was like, when do you ever get to say, like, you run outside and get to just look at the beautiful snow? So I was like, I got to take advantage. No, I think I'm going to take the Piper approach on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. I'm going to stay inside and drink hot chocolate. Um, I know that, like, my family back home – um, all they got was rain and sleet. Mm. We got no snow, and my sister was very upset. And so, being a good little brother, I uh, FaceTimed her. I was like, look at all this <laughs> snow. <laughs> she didn't think it was as funny as I did. As I say, I may, may not have been a good brother approach of like more of like rubbing it in. Hey, no, look no, what no. I have and you don't. It was a it was the little brother aspect. Uh, yeah, that's what that's made true. it okay. That's true. Younger sibling, man. Younger siblings understand. Um, jumping into some questions from this week, man. Um, it's a statement I think that we probably all have heard at some point in our life. I'm sorry, I was yawning. I, I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a statement we've all heard in our life. Hey, my faith is private. My faith is my own. I kind of work through my faith. Should that be a mindset of a believer? Uh, definitely not. Um, because, and that's kind of what we unpacked a little bit at the beginning about what it means to confess Christ or acknowledge Christ. And really, as we kind of defined it as, it's full identification with Christ in everything we say, everything we do. And so I think to have the mindset of, well, my, my faith is going to be private, that kind of, like, that doesn't, I mean, I don't know anywhere in Scripture where it tells us that our faith in what we believe and our identification with Christ is to be private. Because if you think about it, like our identity, you know, our identity as um, a husband or a wife or a friend or a dad, or a mom, or um, 
identification with being an LSU fan or a Kansas City Chiefs fan or whatever. Come like, so all of that is like, I mean, if you think about every part of our life, like, like we want people to know those things about us. Yeah. And so I think we're saying something if we're saying, okay, but I don't want people to know that I I've aligned myself with Christ. And so I think that's a tilt. Like, I mean, I think that's a dangerous thing to be like, oh yeah. I love Jesus with everything I am, but I don't want anyone else to know that, and and I don't want that to come out in any way. Now, I mean, we understand this too. Some people take the idea of like, my faith will never be public, and then they're like jerks or they're like throwing it in people's face. So I think some yeah. people see that and they're like, well, I don't want. So I mean, so there's a balance there, you know, of like we're not trying to like just throw things in people's faces. Of like the first thing, like you walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, I'm a Christian," so you need to know that, right? You know. But I think, like, if we love Christ and we've identified our life with Christ, then that should, and, and like as we said, as we talk, as we live, like that, people should know that about us. Yeah, I like I like that approach because I I don't know about you in your life. For me, what I've seen the flip side, if people are like, hey, my faith is my own, my faith, I'm kind of private about my faith. You see, verse thirty two, people use that. So everyone who acknowledges me before men. I'll also acknowledge before my father, but whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my father. And I think, I think some people have also taken a stance of like, you know, your lifestyle by being private is denying Jesus, and and you're not being uh, public about your faith. Like, I think that sometimes that also, you know, that may be like the the extreme other end, and and being dogmatic and people. Do you have any thoughts on anything like that? Like. Of, of how to find that healthy balance of like, no, you don't need to live like that, but also like let's not maybe get too extreme on one side. Yeah, well, I think sometimes, you know, in any way you – and it's maybe because you see somebody be super private and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to swing the totally opposite direction or vice versa. And so um, I, I think it's just, you know, with everything in our life, I mean, we naturally talk about, post about whatever things in our life, our faith, you know, things we love, food, whatever. And so – I think it's speaking of like, um, you know, of course, you see Paul said this, for I'm, I'm not ashamed, you know, of the gospel. And so it's not something to be ashamed about, you know. And, and I think probably in the, the, and back then and in other places around the world and probably in places in America too, you know, to confess and acknowledge Christ means, you know, you may get ostracized, you may get, I mean, or in some places it means death, you know, to acknowledge that. But, and so you can understand why someone would want their faith private. Yeah. But I think here in America, sometimes that faith is that we don't want to be uncomfortable or we don't want people to think we're weird or, you know, or sometimes maybe, in, you know, I just think it's maybe we need to check ourselves if we, if we, if we're saying, hey, my faith is private. Why do we, why, why would we want that? You know, maybe to ask kind of some questions, just, just, uh, internally of like why why would I why would I want my faith to be private what's the reason for that you know also to that point I definitely wanted you to know I didn't say I should have texted it to you but I didn't yet I was definitely I found a meme that had um, Jesus talking to a woman uh, and it said if you love me you'll share this post and in the background it had like a very like Satan drawn red with horns and a pitchfork and it said something like uh, don't do it. You're one of mine. And then, like at the bottom, it said, "Which will you choose?" And I was gonna text you and be like, "Hey, you cool if I throw this on the Facebook page?" <laughs> <laughs> Thought about it. Just wanted you to know that. Um, yeah. Usually, when I see those posts, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not sharing that." <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just gonna keep scrolling. I don't remember seeing that in my, yeah. in my quiet time this morning. Um, 
why, kind of piggybacking off of that, why is it important that our identity with Christ go beyond just our words and just the things that we say? Well, I think, um, what's the, I, our, um, when I was in uh, youth, uh, like in youth ministry when I was growing up, I remember there was a statement our youth pastor used to always say um, is that your actions are speaking so loud I can't even hear what your words are saying. And so I think there's a level of we do confess Christ by our words, by what we say, by what we believe. And so that's super important that we are, you know, with our mouths, whether it's through text, through social media, through our words, that we do teach other people and what is true about Scripture, about Jesus. So that's very important. But I think what's very detrimental for for our, uh, the Christian faith is for somebody to acknowledge Christ with their lips or what's DC talk, and walk out the door and deny them by their lifestyle. And what do you say? That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. I don't know why I remember that, but anyway. Hey, man, whatever Was that Jesus Freak? I don't think it was. No, it was uh, What If I Stumble? Yeah, what If I Stumble? I, was say, I don't think it was Jesus Freak. <laughs> Off of DC talk. But, you know, I think that's that's the thing is that for some people have said, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, they hear people, you know, at going to church or whatever and – posting about that but then when people look at their lifestyle they're like but your life doesn't resemble Christ and so I think for whether that's our family our kids our friends unbelievers just the world around us is I think that's one of the things that we have to be reminded of is like to exemplify Christ in the way that we act loving people humble service um you know we can't just serve because if I just like serve somebody and never talk about Jesus then They'll never hear that, you know. So, so it's a balance of both. But I think that's what can hurt the cause of Christ is for somebody to confess Christ, but yet people not see Christ in their life, mm-hmm. you know. And and, kinda, and I'm not saying like we're per- we're not Christ, you know. But yeah. and sometimes we maybe there's a fear of of what if what if I do stumble, what if I do mess up, what if I do and hurt, you know. And so thankful God's grace covers us because we've all, in some ways, in all, a lot of probably ways. Um, denied Christ by the way we you know have have done things that aren't a display of Christ um but I think you know on a consistent basis we need to make sure the way that we live matches up with Christ yeah you know that's literally I took the words out of my mouth (laughs) (laughs) so um so I think this is a very polarizing time in our world I think that you know you can you can say that easily um why is it more important now than ever um, that we put aside our differences as believers and, and, and kind of secondary and tertiary things and see that people need the gospel above all? Well, I think there's, you know, because we did, we kind of leaned into, I would say we leaned into politics a little bit on Sunday, but we just kind of, I mean, there's a lot in our world going on. And I, I think he, here's my fear, because I think as Christians, like we do want to speak in, because we do have the truth, we have what God said, so we do want to speak into our world politics is a part of that, so I mean, I, that's not—it's not wrong to do that. I think, I think my fear is that knowing this is that the enemy will use whatever it takes to distract the church um, and divide the church. And I think just my fear is for us as a church, not only just us, like our local church, First Monroe, but just I think the church in general here is that we would allow things like politics and those kind of things to distract us and divide us from what we really need to be about. And and so for me, I, I don't know. I just that, that's just kind of where I am. Is like, all right. At the end of the day, we got to remember, people really, really need the gospel. People need hope. Um, 
while I think it can be fruitful to talk and to address things like politics and stuff, to realize, like, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that doesn't change a person's heart. So I think that's where it's like, okay, while this can have fruit, this can be a good – I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I think, but ultimately it can't save someone. And, yeah. and so I, I don't know. I, I think is, and it's not that I'm, like, against politics and that kind of deal. I think it's just – I don't know. I, I think this is a time where we – the enemy will use whatever it takes to distract us. Well, I mean, I think I, I think you read it, or we talked about it a few weeks ago, um, out of the screw tape letters. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you want to? Do you have anything on on that you'd like to bring out? Yeah, I think because I think there's a part of the screw tape letters where he does address politics and basically just like get them talking about anything else other than yeah, Christ and the gospel. And so, I think that that's just my thing is that, um, and I think what people should know about us is not first and foremost where I stand politically. Mm, that's good. Um, but where I stand with Christ. And so I, you know, again, identification, my identification with Christ trumps every, and I don't mean like, like Trump's like the president. Um, it literally trumps every other alignment or identification I have in my life. Yeah. And so before they know that I'm whatever political party, before they know my husband, before they know my son, anything they need to know that, I belong to Christ. Right. And yeah. so I, th- I think that's where, you know, um, n- not that I want like, ooh, I don't even know what that guy believes politically, or, you know, like, but again, today, like, I would rather them know where I stand with Christ versus where I stand politically. Not that that's bad politically. I just think that that shouldn't be the thing that we're speaking loudest on as a, not that we, we I think we need to talk about it, address it as Christians, but the thing loudest in our, in our, you know, in what we do should be. You know, Christ, the gospel, where we stand on those things. Absolutely. Um, I do want to read this out of the text. Okay. Um, it says, verse 28, Do not fear those who can kill the body, uh, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, and uh, there's, there's, some, there's some language here that, like, I think us as Americans, when we hear it, it's like, I don't, I don't remember the last time anybody's done that here in America. Um I think you can see that in other places in the world for sure. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I saw a thing on my Facebook timeline the other day that it was like the two-year anniversary of the believers in, like, Syria. Like, there's, like, a mass beheading, and you see in China people are arrested. And so, like, I think that for places like that, these are kind of verses that can hold on to. They'd be like, you know, ultimately Jesus is the one that we can put our hope in. I, I'm not saying that we can't put our hope and our trust in Jesus here in America because I think we can but I think whenever we see passages like this, we kind of like, yeah, I guess that's good. Like, how can we apply this to our lives as Americans, as people who don't really see persecution like other parts of the world? Right. Well, I think it, at some level, and all of us deal with fear, you know, in some way. I mean, obviously, in some countries or during this time, uh, the fear of literally someone imprisoning you, flogging you, torturing you, killing you is a very, very real thing. But I think... For us, I think we, we still experience fear, you know, and, and I understand ours is, it does make it seem silly compared to the rest of the world, but also this is just where we live, this is what we have to deal with, and so our our things that we deal with are very real, and so I think, um, you know, for people, for us, you know, fear of being ostracized, fear of being left out, fear of um, maybe just being put out by people, fear of... Um, being left out, fear of 
um, being labeled a certain way. So I think we do experience fear, and so I think it's being reminded of in our, in our life is that what I should be concerned about is what what does the Lord think of me, um, my relationship with Him, not so much what other people think. You know, because I think there are peer we do, we deal with peer pressure, we deal with those things, and sometimes we do maybe don't say things or do things we know we probably should because of fear of people. And we may not experience fear of, like, because if I say something, they're going to kill me. Um, but I, I, feel, I still think we still deal with some type of fear. And so I think it's these kind of verses for us even remind us, hey, I don't have to be afraid. If someone does exclude me from their life, if someone does um, look at me weird or I feels like I am weird, you know, to say, hey, that's worth um, you know that, that's okay because yeah. I, I don't need to be afraid of those things. So it, I think it's applied maybe a little differently here, but in the same way, you know, we do f- experience fear, and so we're not to be ruled by that. Yeah. Well, man, uh, moving into our last question, the know your pastor portion of the podcast. Um, whenever you were little, James, um, that still had a deep voice. Um. <laughs> What did little James, as a like a five-year-old, seven-year-old, what did little James want to be when he grew up? Mm. I would think maybe like a doctor, probably, or a professional football player, <laughs> or Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I think at one point in time I wanted to be a fire truck. Not a fireman. A fire, truck, a fire truck. Like a transformer. Uh, I guess. <laughs> uh, whatever my little brain. So why doctor? Why football player? Why? Um, Obviously Batman understood, but. I think probably because they helped people. Like uh, my um, great uncle, uh, Uncle Don, uh, that's Mamie's brother, uh, uh, was a doctor. And so I remember like going to visit, and I remember he would let me go in his office with him sometimes and do. And I remember just seeing what he did and thinking that was cool and, you know, that'd be a cool thing to do when you got older. And so for me that was kind of, I don't know. That's awesome, man. Something like that. Yeah. So. That's that's really – I'm not shocked because I know, like, you think things through and you you internalize things. I'm not, I'm not shocked that even young James was like that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, young Shane was not. <laughs> young Shane or a football was, player because yeah. I love football and so it'd be cool to be a – professional football player yeah so. that was more so of like all of my thinking again i wanted to be a fire truck but um well man i'm glad that you turned out to be a pastor um i don't know if five-year-old james wanted to be that but uh no probably not but in, in college that was that was not my fault that sounds bad to say that's like my fallback plan but like that you know i think something in the like i think that kind of interests me sports yeah medicine those kind of things but Lord said, this is what I have for you. So We're glad that you listened. Um, well, man, thanks for sitting down and answering some questions from uh, this week's sermon. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take.